Hello everyone, this is Sharon Smith and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Operation Free Soul Podcast with Anne Yes. Our guest with Anne Yes is going to be none other than Coon the Poet. Coon the Poet is a Sacramento poet who has also graced Iambic Poetry Podcast, which you can find in the archives as Coon the Poet, something you would check out. But for this episode, we find out this is the first episode of Operation Free Soul. And none other to grace it will be Coon the Poet. So why don't we all just get off and let this thing rock? And yes, take it away. Welcome to the first ever Free Soul Podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite poets locally. This is a man who does so much for the community, and I don't think he gets praised nearly enough. His name is Kuhn the Poet. Go ahead and say hi to us. Peace, family. What up? Peace, family. What's good? How we feeling? How we feeling? <laughs> no matter what, we here, so yeah. we got to feel good. Amen. Got to feel good. Amen. See, this is what I love about you is that you're always uplifting. You're constantly uplifting. Like, even in your bad days, you seem like you are pushing even harder out to the world. And re- really, like, I'm not just kissing your butt here. Like, yeah. You're sincerely one of the most sincere poets I know and mm-hmm. one of the most sincere people I know. And the fact that this city doesn't completely celebrate you mm-hmm. and follow you as an example has always confused me. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> I, I know I'm starting off the interview like super. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I appreciate that, bro. Um, and, you know, nah, I think that is the celebration right there. Mm. That in itself is a celebration. Um, yesterday's uh, my um, my my debut um, a partnering up with uh, Real Men Talk alongside of uh, Russell Cummins, yeah. um, Anand from uh, Soul Collective, um, and another another good brother, uh, Randall Hudson. Um, that was what was stated at the end because I was spending a lot of time trying not to make sure I took up too much time to be responsible to the pla- with the platform and be responsible to everybody else on the platform. And so I did ask for an apology at the end after my my little quick interview because the the episode wasn't really about me, mm. right? That mm. It was my debut, uh, you know, announcing to the world that, yo, I'm coming on as a partner. But we it was really about men's health. Mm-hmm. You're right. We had a we had Chris Hintz come in as a um, a uh, a guru on fitness, physical fitness. And then so at the end. You know, was my opportunity was 10 to 15 minutes of just explaining my journey. Well, that journey has been going for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so trying to package it up in 10 to 15 minutes isn't always the easiest. I'm still finding a way to learn how to be able to speak about the journey. To be honest, it's all beautiful, but it wasn't all pretty. Mm. And so a lot of people don't understand because of that. That's why I keep going. So do you find that people see who you are right now and they go, I can't imagine how you were before? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. That's I get that not just from like those that are supporters or followers or fans. I get that from my family even. Hmm. Right. I get that from family that have met me later. I get that from my current family now. <laughs> um, 
one of the and I, I I'm I'm just going to or, organically just kind of just swing into this conversation just for the sake of just being as transparent, honest, and mm-hmm. as real as possible. Um, and so my uh, and I call him I call him my cub by nurture, uh, my son that I'm contributing to raising. Been in his license, he's thirteen. He's now sixteen. Mm-hmm. I remember the shift in our relationship when he realized that I was not who I am today. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't me telling him. I've told him. <laughs> I've showed him pictures. Yeah. I've uh I've I've given grave detail. Mm-hmm. Right? He's heard the poems, <laughs> he's seen the videos, but I understand even in those videos, I was blazered up. Yeah. Right? I'm still looking. I'm I I don't look like my journey. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's a weird part of growth is that you grow and you hit a point and then suddenly you don't look like who you were. You don't act like who you were. And people go like, well, I can't even picture you like that anymore. Man, in the in the moment, I remember when we had one of those heart to heart. It was one of those frustrating moments when and he was like, just try to put yourself in my shoes. Mm. <laughs> and I I was striving to be as hearing and listening as possible and I said I hear you cub I understand mm. what you're saying um, and I believe where the breakage is and the disconnect is I don't think you understand that I was mm. and I'm not saying I'm in your direct shoes but I was 15 Yeah, I was misunderstood 15 mm. I was um, just want my way. Fifteen. Mm. I was no matter what. Can't nobody can nobody tell me that I'm not gonna get my way. Fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, like like yeah. set that scene for us. Like who was who was Kuhn the poet at fifteen years old? Because I've heard the poems. Yeah. But I've seen the man who's wearing the very amazing pain to power shirt right now that represents the album that he has coming out. Was that a part of what Kuhn the poet at fifteen wanted? Wow, I, I, I'm loving your questions, and I'm loving how like, nah, man, it's so introspective, man. Um, who I've become is who I was internally, mm. but that was not what people saw. Mm. That was not what I knew how to display, and so I kept it inside. Yeah. But if you were to go back to poems at 15, songs at 15, you would see some similarity. Mm-hmm. I do believe very firmly in the ability to manifest your reality. What I was speaking, my truth, I was speaking silently is what I became. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was always I was a superhero kid. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I I would come home. I would hurry home just to watch Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Like, and, I, and I'm and I'm talking about the ultimate Spider-Man. Mm, you know, okay. That's my okay. era. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I would. Try to I would I would beg my brother to wake me up when X Men came on, mm. but he wouldn't. But the theme music would, yeah. and I would typically wake up every time it was time for them to flip the script. Didn't like like the the that 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 X Men theme song typically only came on during the show when it was time for them to win, mm-hmm. right? Like after they've been <laughs> captured, right? Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, and Gene and them will kick through the door. And what's, hold on, let's, let's see if we can find it. Yeah, yeah. 
Cause I got Spider Man in my head. Right oh, do now. you mean the? Right. Yeah, yeah. You so like literally that is what cultivated me. Hmm. The, I'm a I'm a after school special kid. That's what gave me hope as a kid. Wow. L- a lot of people don't. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. So yeah, so man. so I because I heard so much in the '90s people talking about like how you know the things that these kids watch like they're going to affect them directly. Like you're a direct example. Of that. <laughs> I, I I think the things that we watch, man. I was just thinking about this, and I've never publicly ever talked about this. That's why I appreciate this interview so much. <laughs> um, and I'm realizing like, yo, that's probably the reason why some people have you confused mm. and twisted. Um, so I just uh, in 2021, I made a decision to be more transparent about like, yo, let me be really clear mm-hmm. on who I am not and who I am. Yeah. Um, so like coming home from school and we get home typically about between depending on what era, but between two and three. Right. And there was if you looked at the commercial, so Fox 40 was our favorite. Right. And I say our I said me and my brother I was raised with one brother, two years older than me. That's why, you know, I get it. That brotherly that brotherly relationship is Mm. what cultivates your your manhood, your boyhood, your adulthood, your your I your ideology on life. Right. Um how rough you are, right? WWF, <laughs> WWF, and you know what? Y'all can censor this or cut this later, but I'm a WWF kid. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. No, I watched I on that too. <laughs> you know what 100%. I mean? We were supposed to be tag team champions, the Coon Brothers mm. of the world. That was our that was our dream. But on the on the weekday, rushing home to watch Fox 40 to try to catch what may be on Big Bad Beetleborgs, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right before Power Rangers. But in the middle of those shows were the commercials. Yeah. And if you really paid attention to the commercials, yeah, there were some commercials that were lying to us, I'm sure. Yeah. We can always write Got Milk commercials and all <laughs> that kind of stuff. But uh, shout out to Fox 40, not uh, Fox Fox Kids. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they were a perfect network. <laughs> I don't always dive deep into everybody's junk. Yeah, I I, I try to catch them in their 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 vegetation mm-hmm. um, and meet them there. There was commercials. There was like the Dare commercials that would come on, the Smokey the Bear commercials that would come on, yeah, the yeah. Say No to Drug commercials that would come on, the um. <laughs> And it was it was intense stuff. Yeah, but it it caught us. There was a commercial. Go meth, ooh meth, get that meth up out of my face. Hurry up, no time to waste. Go meth. How did ooh, I, meth. I never heard that one? And it's and it's you know what? I recently kind of looked it up a few years back because yeah. I. I was also a jingle kid. I loved <laughs> jingles. So like I remember I didn't know what I was singing about. Uh, but I But you were still singing it. You were still saying the words. Oh still... man. Oh man. Can I ask then? Yeah. Because so many of your poems Mel- involve melodic. Yeah. And they involve that hook that just keeps like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I have a belief that uh the things that are are repetitive in our spirit or the things that actually show on our surface. Mm. Yeah. Right? I I mean, and we see it many times. So I uh like I said, I genuinely I do what I do because I enjoy it and I sing to myself. I sing to myself often 
because I had to sing to myself to get through. Mm. Right. I'm a lullaby kid. Mm. Right. I had to sing. I had to like sing to myself to sleep at times. Yeah. Right. And not on no like, oh, the house is chaotic. My mother did as much of a great job as she possibly can, keeping as much peace. Right. Mm. And so I believe some of those other parts of the piece was some of those lullabies. Yes. Right. Some of those. And I, I, I just a little bit and then we can move to other. <laughs> but like me, myself and my brother, because I, I think about my sleep routines these days and it still has a lot to do with my creativity, mm. my imagination. I'll meet you at uh, I'll meet you at the chocolate fountain. Mm. All right. All right. You better beat it. You weren't there. You weren't there. <laughs> right. Like you weren't there yesterday. Right. When I think about that kind of stuff, I'm like, bro, we were magical kids. We lit, and there were times where I would show up, and I'd be like, "Hey, yo, were you? There? Did you? Because I saw you, <laughs> right? Not knowing how I'm, how I'm actually going into lucid dreaming and controlling my dreams, mm. um, having the ability to manifest things yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Um, so, like, just really looking at my childhood, if it wasn't for my imagination and the ability to go deep into my imagination as a child, as a child, I, uh, I would not be here. But it also it rescued me from what was going on around me. Mm. Right. And so I grew up in Valley High. Yeah. Um, had a lot of heavy influence from neighborhoods like Glen Elders, right? Elder Creek. Um, my grandfather bought his house in 1968. And so everything that took place in the, and you, you know, you hear, you hear it often in the crack 80s. Mm-hmm. When crack cocaine was brought to the Sacramento, my my auntie linked up with the best with the uh, with the woman. Well, she was best friends with the woman who came. They mm. became best friends, and so I come from a small. My grandparents had five kids, and they had five children all the way all together. Mm. So I come from a small army. Yeah. So anything that affected one affected a bunch, and they all had their own stories. So that trickled down. So when things would happen, me being I use the word again, an introspective kid, right? My cousin said, you just know how to mind your business. Mm-hmm. Truth is, I was really good at minding my business. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm good at minding my business now. <laughs> but that does not mean I don't see. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. I don't feel. Doesn't mean I'm not aware. Yeah. So yeah. on that on that aspect of manifestation, right. uh, talking to us about, well, your album. Let's talk about Pain to Power. Like, I've heard your poems for years now. Yeah. And I know a few of them that I've heard before on this album, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least a couple. Mm-hmm. And they're all about that growth. But what is this album to you? What does this album mean to you? This album is the closing of that first half of, and so I'm, I'm 31, the story of the album. Um, I would say that it kind of climaxed and got started at 15. Hmm. And so it took me really 16 years completely, but 15, if you were to 15 years to actually package that story, right. To be able to actually build the strength, build the power, um, to be able to, to turn that heavy, heavy, heavy page and heavy chapter to step into my, and some would say kingship, 
leadership, mm -hmm. all my ships, right? To become <laughs> the pirate that I'm supposed to be um, and literally take control of my oceans. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that imagery I just, that just popped into my head. So I'm like, <laughs> yo, that's really what's going on here. So that, so pain of power is, it was the process. Mm -hmm. So from, it took me seven years to complete this album. 10 years fully to, because a lot of the pieces I've written, some of them even before 10 years, such as Anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, and Anniversary, it took me three years to write the piece, started writing it fresh out the hospital, wow. which is at 16 years old um, or 15 years old. And so I finished writing it at 18. Mm -hmm. A lot of the other pieces were ideas and like incomplete ideas at about 19 during the illegal tag team era. Okay. That's when you were partnered with Trouble Sin, Lorenzo McNeil, Lorenzo McNeil, Lorenzo McNeil, aka Trouble Sin. <laughs> and you were doing slam, you were doing Um we 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 slammed a couple times, but we we really had a we really weren't big on slam. Mm. Um and it was because when we were brought up as a music group and it was a well-known uh, studio back in the day, at least in South uh, South Sac. Uh, the Vault Records. Mm -hmm. It was in uh, it was in a record store. It was a studio in the back of a record store off of Gerber. Um, and Black Sun JP, um, who owned the store and the studio, uh, he was like our first mentor and our first like our producer. But was like he he pulled us to the side um, after we kind of like outgrew where we were at, our outgrew the studio and we kind of started segueing to spoken word. And he was, and he told us when he had, when he actually relocated his store, we taught, had a conversation. He was like, Hey, y'all still having fun? <laughs> um, and then he said, look, if ever it's not fun no more, it's okay to stop. Mm. And so that was kind of our thing. Whenever we saw him as we were growing and we would come in at, you still having fun? <laughs> and he said, if you ever see me not having fun anymore, know that I'm going to sell everything in this store wow. and I'll be doing something else. Well, that store is no longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the illegal tag team is, I'm not going to say it's no longer, mm -hmm. but we grew. Yeah. We transitioned. Um, and... Going just real quick to answer that question, going back to Slam, um, we didn't. The competition piece was taking the fun out. It, had, it, it takes the fun out. Yeah, yeah. The first time we came on the scene publicly, and it's a video on YouTube, was actually at uh, yeah, that the coffee garden. Oh, okay. So shout out to uh to Van Gogh mm. to go. And uh, I think who who all was I think Jenny was present mm -hmm. at that time. Kyrie just so happened to walk in, and we didn't know any of these people. Mm -hmm. These these were all just <laughs> we were kids with a hip hop background from South Sac that that like always created verbally on our on the, our school campuses, light rail yeah. stations, the mall, and then and I and I have to be real candid. I remember the day in two thousand and eight. When trouble came in my house and was like, yo, I ran into this cat and he gave me this. And I never shared this uh, publicly, publicly, but yeah, I ran into this cat and he gave me his phone number. Hmm. He got assault rifles and bulletproof vests and, and all of that. And I, and I remember like taking a number like, yeah, 
And the reason why was because at that time, when we were growing up, we was losing a lot of friends. Mm. It was at that time, it was like almost kind of similar to now where it was as if kids just had had guns. Yeah. Right. Where it's like kids always in it. But at that, but it, it was mostly handguns. Now it's a different day. It went up to a different level at the same time in that same conversation. The reason why I will always love trouble is because he always challenged me to think. Mm-hmm. So about 30 minutes into that conversation, because we would always our brotherhood was built on like venting about the bull that was going on <laughs> yeah. and fighting to get up out of this place. Right. Yeah. We one of one of our pieces in childhood, a childhood. They say a hood child is no good. But hey, he's on the road and he's trying to make his way. The first goal is you got to get out this place. Mm-hmm. And so in that same breath, as you know, as we're as we're conversing, venting, frustrated, trying to figure out what we're going to do after high school, because this is like right in that middle awkward stage of right after graduation. And I know they don't have any, (laughs) they don't, they did not have any college courses that specialize in what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. If, if there was a spoken word degree, I would have went for it. Yeah. They didn't have that. Yeah. So then he was like, I also met this other cat too. He gave me that. Hmm. This was he was leaving CRC because he was trying. He was like in the process of signing up for classes, um, and he was like, "Oh, I think he said his name was like Forward." Mm. <laughs> so shout yeah. out to Shane. Shout out to Shane. That's my bro, <laughs> man. The, these cats are responsible on a, in a very silent way, and I don't even know if they know mm-hmm. for playing for being in the right place at the right time, right when at, during that fork in the road for us. Mm. And because of that, I remember I looked at both of those papers and I was like, I'm going to go put my shoes on. Mm. Let's go. Right. It was an open mic, but it was a slam. That's what it was. So we ended up, we went, long story short, we actually ended up getting into the finals (laughs) and then Kyrie gave us a seven. Shout out to Kyrie Malik, (laughs) big bro, mahogany family. But yeah, that was, that was my feelings about him for a long time. Like, hey, bro, whoever he is, he ain't feeling us like that. It's cool. Let's just steer clear. Um, (laughs) So yeah, man, uh, all love. So that was like the decision, the part that the the real quickly, the, the part that came from like actually like a lot of the other work that mm-hmm. people know me from, right? The giving back part, the looking out part. And honestly, a lot of it is folks reaching out. And with and and it started with the thought of, well, what do you want for the future? Mm-hmm. Right? Like we used to ask each other those questions. Like, what do we want? My mom bought her house in Valley High. Yeah. Which same place I bled, the same street, the same neighborhood I bled in walking home from school. Mm. I was blessed to continue to live, right? I was blessed to give to be given another opportunity. But what I did not want is for one of my that to happen to one of my little cousins. Mm. What I didn't want is for that to happen to my son eventually. Yeah. What I didn't want is for that to happen to my grandson. And so we used to challenge each other with those kind of questions. And then we would challenge each other with so what can we do about that? Mm-hmm. And now we can't save the world and we didn't want to save the world. What we wanted to do was change things a little bit and change simply looks like a bottle of 409 
being sprayed on a blood stain to get cleaned up Mm -hmm. and cleaning up the streets just a little bit. When we were in high school selling our hip hop albums, (laughs) we used to say, Man, we got to get in these schools, man. Give them to these kids and let them put them on their MP3 players, mm-hmm. their uh, they iPods. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was manifestation. We ended up <laughs> going into these school assemblies and actually every single from Twin Rivers, from the Twin Rivers School District, which is the majority of the schools in the North area. Mm-hmm. Right. With uh, exceptions of um, the Thomas and like. What else is out there? Oh, Natomas and like North Highlands mm-hmm. or not, like Carmichael, Natomas and Carmichael. We were in Twin Rivers and Sac Unified, mm-hmm. which is like a big chunk of Sac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not realizing what was happening at that time. And we, and it, w- there was a big wave that, that started, right? There was this big, on a, almost like a rebirth and an uprising mm-hmm. for spoken word. Mm-hmm. Rap kids, right? Because when we came up, everybody wanted to either be a rapper or a basketball player. Hmm. So we, so high schools like Grant, Burbank, Valley High School, where I, where we both went, right? Where my journey kind of started. Middle schools like Jackman and all these different Title One type schools. You got kids from certain neighborhoods, from the hood, if you will, wanting to be spoken word artists when they grow up. Wow. <laughs> like <Wow. laughs> yeah so i'll i'll kind of like and we can segue there but that that was what and i and i and only because the elders told me that i had permission to pay homage to what to the illegal taxing and to what we did yeah yeah it was only through their eyes they was like man no nah, the, the game was at a standstill before y'all came <laughs> it was like nah it was kind of like there wasn't nobody spitting like that and all of a sudden y'all popped out on the scene and then next thing you know luke taylor Dre t mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that happened like that <laughs> yeah yeah so many amazing artists and so i've got to ask yeah because my experience as a poet in this city might be different than yours. Usually, bad journalism to ask a question that you don't know the answer to, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's why I appreciate you. Being a black poet yes, sir. in this city. Yes, sir. How, what is the experience like for you? Because I've noticed that in in the black community, you're very respected. Do you feel that way elsewhere? Um. Man, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate your questions. Ah, this is going to be some good stuff. Stuff I don't even have to ever write a book about anymore. Um, Be upset about anymore. um, To be honest, the reality is when we were brought, when we kind of slowly came into the, I told you the first spot we went to was a coffee garden. Mm -hmm. So who you think was the ones like, yo, y'all tight, yo. Mm -hmm. Right. It was actually a lot of it was a lot of uh, like a lot of white poets mm-hmm. that were like, yo, y'all dope. Yo, that that y'all spit is ill. Yeah. Right. So we had a lot of support from that angle when it came in just a lot of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Right. Curiosity can sometimes build like a a, a, a level of respect. Yeah. Um, folks like like Jenny. I didn't know who Jenny was when she knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't know who I remember. It was like maybe like in about 2012 when I'm like I'm 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 at Luna's mm-hmm. 
and Jenny and then show show enough it's like giving my whole entire biography yeah without me having to tell folks about my name or check folks or none of that. They got to breaking down my grandfather. They got to breaking down my family lineage. Wow. And I said, bro, how'd you? And he was like, man, bro, I told you, bro. I've been watching you for years, bro. <laughs> they got to talking, they got to breaking down the illegal tag team. Wow. Right? The impact that we had in like, like really in detail. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, that was beautiful. So to answer fully and in depth to answer your question, um, the only time, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. to my face, yeah. things get unsupportive is during those awkward times when they have to say my name. Mm. <laughs> right? Uh, the awkward times when folks of other culture or race, and I'll just say, I'll just say white, white, you know, white, white folks have to say my name, mm-hmm. right? And then um even, but it's the same deal in a black community too, though. Mm. It's that that is when it gets awkward. And the thing is, we were extremely young when we came into this uh, into this culture, community, and game. But we were we we were able to thrive for a reason, and that's because of the codes and the way we were trained coming from where we came from. We were always the youngsters that would just so happen around, just so happen to be around or be welcomed around the older cats. Yeah, because we had this her. And that's the best <laughs> way to put it. But what it is is like, yo, we're gonna go over there to the basketball courts. If they try you, you already know we ready. Yeah, right. If we're gonna wherever we go, no back down. <laughs> so we approached the stage with that mentality, and that same mentality we approached every professional environment. <laughs> In every non-professional environment, yeah. in every pretend professional environment, and then everything else in between, <laughs> the classroom too, mm-hmm. the churches as well, um, any kind of spiritual uh, stage as well. And it was, so for the longest, people did not know, like it was just coon and trouble, illegal tag team. Mm-hmm. It, we, and we, and we, I remember we sat at McDonald's when we was like, hey, we ain't telling these people our name. <laughs> don't if we don't tell them our name, then they can't call us nothing else. They're gonna call it. They're gonna call. They're gonna call us what what we ask them to. Or yeah. if not, they don't respect us. Mm. The Sacramento Observer many times. Shout out to the Sacramento Observer. But I'm I'm addressing this because I may not have had the words to address it as a youngster. Gotcha. Um, I remember when the Sacramento Observer. And once again, shout out and it's love. Um, but there was a there was a reporter that wanted to write a story on me after I left a particular high school or mm-hmm. after I did a after I was a part of an assembly along with says Sacramento area youth speaks. Mm-hmm. And and this is what like actually made me appreciate certain parts of Vajra, Dr. Vajra Watson. Shout out as well, mm-hmm. um, because somebody pulled her to the side and was like, can you tell me his name? And she was like, who, Kuhn? And she said, yeah, his real name. Mm-hmm. And then she came to, and she said, if he didn't tell you, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that. Um, and then they really tried to, they tried to twist her arm. Mm-hmm. Where we connect, she also had a very no nonsense, like, hold up, you're not going to, right? That's where yeah, we connected. Yeah. Like there was a rebellion Mm-hmm. Right. And her as well. And so she came to me 
right? Like like family, she came to me and was just like, yo, coon. They um so they're like trying to they want to put what they want to put in the in the, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the in their paper about you. Right? They want to put your your actual name. And I said, man, well, you already know where I stand with them. She's like, I know I try to tell them. Um, and I think they she's like, I think they got your name for somebody else. Mm. And they're gonna use it. Mm-mm. Um, and I could not get to them, right? Because yeah. I didn't know who, which reporter. She's like, I'm just letting you know. And you know what? You know, I respect exactly. I said, I know you do. Then I, I was real, like, short with my words, like, call me by my name, but don't call me at all. Mm. I used to, like, mm-hmm. that was my, mm-hmm. either call me by the name that I asked you to or don't call me at all, with all due respect. <laughs> is why I used to, like, with all due respect, because I was working on trying to, like, be better and balance. <laughs> so, um, so I, and I, and I remember saying that because I didn't know which, who reported on the microphone. I remember saying that. Yeah. And then I saw that article and they put Christopher Kuhn, mm. which is, so addressing this for anybody else, because this was where a lot of the, this is where a lot of the awkwardness comes from mm. in, in, in period in my career. Yeah. But, uh, and, and not as much in Sacramento, but in, I can always tell when somebody don't know me. Yeah. 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 Or they ain't been checked by somebody who loves me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so look, and I can always tell whether or not I can, I can tell who I'm dealing with mm-hmm. by, not by when I introduce myself, although they think they know they got me all figured out, <laughs> but I can always tell who I'm dealing with by how I introduce. Cause I, you know, Chris Coon, brother Coon, Coon the poet, pleasure to meet you. All right, Chris. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Okay, Chris. Okay, Chris it is. I'm going to call you Chris. Or I'm going to, and I've had people call me early in the morning like, I'm going to call you Chris. I'm not going to call you that Coon. And what they don't understand and what they're saying is the same thing that they've been, that people have been saying my whole life. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not this deep family, but it is. It's 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 a real understanding and it's a real truth. I'm going to take the parts of you that I like that are comfortable for me. Mm. Anything that's not comfortable, I'm going to throw it and discard it. And that is my story. Yeah. Because and there is a recording that I have of my mother saying from the time we brought you home from the hospital, me and your father knew that we were going to have a hard time mm. because you were. So at that time, I was actually. Lighter complete, really light complected. <laughs> but she said you were larger than every other baby that was, that was that was born on that day, <laughs> right? And so it's been that part of the story where people will be like, "Ooh, do that," yeah. but then they'll still be like, mm, mm, "Yeah, I don't want this though. This is mm, that because it makes them uncomfortable." So the hard stance that I take: black, white, brown. Any other color in between, green, yellow, alien, marsupial, doesn't matter. (laughs) I could bleed all the blood out of my body. And I can lighten my skin color. I'm going to always be of my family legacy. This is way bigger than you. Mm -hmm. This is about my family legacy. And it shows that, like, I, I look at it as, and you know, um, in my belief, the creator was a poet, had to be a poet, because why would he entrust me 
with this responsibility? Mm. Why would me being mind you, there are some, there's some families, there are actually some, um, some white coon families, mm. right? Coon is actually a German name. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that it's always tied. It ain't got nothing to do with what your thoughts say it does. Yeah, sir. Yeah. It's not always that deep. There is that word. I'll just say this piece and we can try to segue, but there is that word in every, almost every language. Um, and this is when it solidified for me that there's power in my name. Mm-hmm. When I actually went into a, um, Indian and Fijian church <laughs> and I introduced myself as Brother Coon mm-hmm. and the pastor who was a, a Indian man, he said in my country, Coon means the blood. Mm-hmm. It means blood. And he said, very fitting name. <laughs> Welcome, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's powerful in and of itself. Shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, so hope I answered that question. But those are the yeah. big hardest struggles in the support. So when we look at support, um and 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 one of our one of our one of our well, I'm not gonna I don't, I don't have to say that part. One of our close brothers um actually shared with me that uh, another kind of known poet um and I'm sharing out, and in this piece I'm sharing too to just kind of paint the picture even more gotcha. of the hardest, the the most adversity, mm-hmm. right? One, uh, it was stated by another poet who's not even from this city. Was like, yo, in Sacramento, no, Coon's probably the top, but his name is Coon, so you know, just like that, what? right? And 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 so, mind you, first grade when I raised my hand. Mm-hmm. When it, after they said when they said Christopher Coon and all the kids started <laughs> yeah. cocoon raccoon cocoon all the because it's funny yeah, yeah kids don't understand social aspects of none of that yeah and it doesn't so what I've been wanting to tell people like do y'all think I just woke up with this mm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah support I learned where my support comes from for real though yeah. and that be my strength. And so I love the way that when you first opened this interview, you said it seems like when you're going through it the worst, that's when you go the hardest. And mm-hmm. then my words. <laughs> and I've learned that that is my superpower on some Wolverine kind of hype <laughs> or some Goku or some, you know. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's uh, everything that I know about you so far. And everything that I ever expect really to know about you comes from just like this place of love. Yeah. That's like the core of it. And especially with how rough your journey's been, the fact that you've been able to get there is beautiful. Yeah, that blows me away too. <laughs> yeah, like like I forget when you and when you said there, I just had I said, There, what's there again? <laughs> but I, I, I these days I look at success at the fact that I'm still in my right frame of mind, mm. right? And and what that means is have my moments where I can acknowledge when I need to rest, right? Mm. My moments when I acknowledge like, yo, you still got healing to do in that area. Those moments when I'm like, like so yesterday, in a little actually before I came here, mm. I went, I spent some time in, at the park. Um, and then I also spent some time at the park doing some training because I know that I need to cultivate my warrior spirit also. Okay. What kind of training? Huh? 
<laughs> uh, a little knife throwing and okay, uh, yeah, some things. Some, okay, um, there's a there's a park with an archery board. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't so, even know that. Yeah, it's actually really dope. Um, and for me, that's um, my whole life. I kind of been like martial art trained. A lot of people don't know that part about me either. I've said it in a few poems, but that so I I also know that that has to do. Anybody who is a warrior by spirit and by nature, there is a need to release energy in that way. doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're violent or they're trying to hurt you or they yeah. need to hurt you. Oh, that's just for the people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I appreciate about you, and yes, is every, you know, outside of COVID, anytime we've ever came in contact with each other, it's always a real hug. Mm-hmm. It's rare. And I might, you know, it's rarely that it's the man hug. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what, what it comes from for me is that, so I've had major depression my whole life. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, like I was kind of shoved out of social circles. I grew up outside of a lot of the shit, which has its benefits. Like I didn't grow up with a lot of the, the typical education of what it means to be you know, a man yeah, in this country yeah. and all the bullshit that comes with it. But it, it's also kind of like when I have the opportunity to really like connect with someone, I want to get everything I can out of it. <laughs> like, and I want to be able to show, like, especially. I mean, I feel like y- you understand this part. <laughs> I-, I know you understand this part <laughs> when you've lost so many people. Every moment sacred that you get with someone else, for sure. And I, I wanted that to be the 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 message when I first started, mm-hmm. like sharing my story, and not as because I didn't like I wasn't it, when I first when I wrote when I started writing my songs out like lyrics out i really wanted to even with my group i remember i used to wake I, i'd be exhausted from like because i was like going to school and i was working i had a job working at kaiser at one point mm-hmm. they would come over my house was a rehearsal house in our garage with my karaoke <laughs> machine and i remember dj tosha's daughter mm-hmm. who was in our group was like uh you are always happy. <laughs> like you are always excited. You are always, mind you, I was only like a year and a half shot, like fresh out the hospital from almost losing my life. Wow. So there was a man, I want to get as much life as possible. Mm-hmm. Like what my mm-hmm. group, like, because in those moments I was realizing that I was living the dream. Mm. And so for the longest, that was all I wanted to ever show the people like, yo, it ain't never that bad. Yeah. It's, it's never that bad. It's not that man's good. It's going to be all good. <laughs> and then like that got fatiguing too. Yeah. To show people like it's, and that's still the truth. But I realized there was things that would cause for people um, that you would try to show, Hey man, it's going to be all good. There were, there were things that would cause for those people to actually um, try to bet, lack of better words, try to come for you. Mm-hmm. Right. There was something I'm like, yo, why is it that the ones that, People, people are, uh, some people, I should say, Come on. a few people are very, humans. Obs- humans. <laughs> very obsessed with this idea of like, oh, he's always happy, but I want to see him when he's not. That's the real him. <laughs> That's it. So if I see him when he's upset, I get that in relationships. I've gotten that Come in on, friendships. Man. People are like, you say you've had depression and I believe you, but like, I've never seen, I've never it. seen it. What does it look like? <laughs> and the thing what people don't realize is. You don't want to. 
And mm-hmm. this is what so I, it's funny. Like, I, and I remember about nineteen. I was I was t- I was like sharing with girls. That I was I was talking to or dating. Or I potentially wanted to date me because we were shiny, right? Like, what you guys do? What? Especially coming from where we come from, that many. Not many men did poetry. Like, well, yeah. oh, one day I want to go and snap my fingers like uh <laughs> like like Love Jones and all of that, right? <laughs> and so they would they would ask this question. Um I, I remember I sat at this little fast food joint at the table and I'm like, listen, I assume that everybody has their dark side. Mm-hmm. I assume everybody has a beast inside them, whatever that beast is, however you want to call that beast. These days, I recognize my beast as my lion, mm-hmm. right? And me and my lion are real tight. <laughs> like that's that's my lion's my dog. Like, <laughs> um, but only because I embrace my lion. Mm-hmm. But I also embrace everybody else's lion. Mm-hmm. Even the in some, but the issue is some. And now this is just a metaphoric part. Some some have some have snake in them, mm-hmm. right? And it's not a knock on them, but some, their spirit animal is other kind of energies, yeah. right? That deep dark is other energies. And it's because they don't truly embrace or they don't truly accept or truly be honest with <laughs> that part of them yeah. sometimes, right? Like for some people, they try to hide it. Yeah. And when you, when you, I have my, my, to this day, that that is out of all the dogs I had, that's my that was my dog. Mm-hmm. Right? The rest of the dogs was my dad's <laughs> or my brothers. But my dog Rocky that I got at eight years old, I remember we kept him locked up in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Except like I used to walk him when he was like a puppy. Mm-hmm. And then like from the ages of like one and a half to two, because he wasn't potty trained all the time, and he our house broken. And he also just kind of had his own mindset <laughs> and he was, <"Burr." laughs> but when we kept him chained up, he got even worse. Mm. Mm. Everybody was his, was his enemy except us. Mm. Um, but Rocky, just like my lion internally, when, because I embraced Rocky, Rocky was my protector. Yeah. And it was a little situation in front of my house as a kid. <laughs> and my brother let Rocky go. Mm. And Rocky was not only aggressive, but he was intelligent. Mm. He knew exactly who and how. Mm. And he knew what to do, right? Like, not just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bite him, I'm gonna stand up and put my paws on him. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to nut, I'm gonna, I'm going to back him into the corner yeah. until y'all say stop, right? He was actually, but that's because I love, and I did, wasn't, it wasn't no bad dog. Yeah, yeah. That's good dog. Mm-hmm. And so that internal other side of me is like, nah, if if I naturally feel a mm-hmm. about somebody, which you don't rarely see me have in me about folks, because yeah. I get it, it's all good. Like we not, we not of the same <laughs> energy and that's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. love. But any if if my lion stands up, like sometimes I'll go and check, like, yeah, what's that? Mm. You, what's that, boy? <laughs> like, <laughs> and if my lion is like, uh, uh-uh, I learned to trust that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it and that trust looks like it's cool. I'm gonna just stay over here because I don't have to bust a move on everything. I'm not. I am not just because you live a different life than me. 
have different beliefs than me, have different energy than me, you're my enemy. Mm-hmm. You're not. I actually love you. Mm-hmm. I do love you. But I do have a lion in me that don't allow <laughs> folks <laughs> to come for me. Yeah. So I'm going to get over here, me and my lion. Um, now, I'm going to also exercise the option of trying to, you know, if you decide to try to harm others, right, um, that may be in, in this just just out in the open, I'm going to find a way, me and my line, I may, only if I'm given the nudge, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I learn to trust that nudge too, to figure out what is the best way to de-escalate this situation. Yeah. Which has kind of nudged me into kind of like the position I was in on the football field. Hmm. I was the lineman, but I was really the I was the I was the protector of the quarterback. But that don't mean but one thing I never did, and I'm gonna just use a couple football references. I'm not a big <laughs> football watching guy. But I do look at how I move and this is for clarity for anybody who cause some people be like, oh no, Coon, you know, Coon, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Uh, Holier than now, <laughs> extra righteous, uh, you know, he's gonna uh, you know, he don't smoke, so he don't all these different thoughts that they have, and it's like, bro, I I am my, I stay in my lane. Yeah. And I'm gonna always stay in my lane. If ever you come into my line and think you're gonna cause harm to my in my line. Anybody that's like rocking with me, if we're here right now, somebody tries you. Yeah. Out of my my contract that I've signed to get back here when I was 15 years old says you got a responsibility to be a presence hmm. and intervene. That doesn't mean that you got to be loud all the time. And I'm not loud all the time, but I will sometimes. It's not good here. Yeah. And that sometimes that's all it takes, right? Just like on the football field, somebody coming from the quarterback on that side, there's other linemen over there. There's other guys. <laughs> Look, I'm cool. Or maybe they're not, but that's not in my lane. Yeah. So I'm not going out of my way yeah. unless I'm, I'm giving the coach gives me the assignment. Yeah. I mean, especially like it. Let's keep going with the football reference there. Like, yeah. if you're on the line, you decide to try and take care of someone who's on the other side. You just opened a big hole for someone to, for trouble to come through, and not like your tag team partner. Come on, <laughs> and not like, and that, and that is simply like I operate. I'm a like my home is sacred ground. Any space where, um, and I and like I just shared before we came in, I do have a a, a new office space, mm-hmm. right? But it's also more than that. It is, uh, um. One of the the collectives I'm a part of where we're actually like building, like we built a fraternity, a brotherhood, brother and sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all just so happen to be legacies of Sacramento. Yeah. Families have been here for generations. Um, we just so happen to, oh, let's be intentional, black legacies of Sacramento, mm-hmm. right? Where our families has been here since at least the 40s, right? And so 40s or 50s, mine's the 40s, a lot, a lot of them, the 50s. And so, We've this space and shout out to those like Dre T. Um, when he was when he was brought in, he he immediately hit the ground running. He's been putting on <laughs> um, biz, business uh, mixers and vendor parties um, as well as he just did an open mic on Sunday night, mm-hmm. which I was the first feature. Um, 
But in this spot, in this space, the co-op spot, there's many, there's many rooms. Um, not many, many. It's not extremely big, but it's big enough, especially for this time. Um, and it's not many people. It's right now, it's still, it's still like early and new and the energy is new and sacred. Um, and the energy is safe. All those that are coming in currently right now, they just so happen. And this was not by my design. Mm-hmm. This is by a design outside of me. Mm-hmm. They just so happen to be mentees of mine at one point. <laughs> Some of the young people would come across in the school districts. Wow. And so shout out to Luke Taylor. <laughs> shout out to Dre T. Um, a couple of other little homies that are not necessarily artists, but they're all young entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I that yesterday I realized my position of why I'm why I'm I was placed there, and it's to do what I've always my job has always mm-hmm. been, and it's just a nudge mm-hmm. in the form of guidance. Like, no, y'all good, mm-hmm. y'all got it, and just to reassure, like you're safe here, yeah. keep building in that direction you're supposed to. X Men. Yeah, bring it all back around. <laughs> and that's a perfect place to stop. I, I feel like I could talk to you for literally hours, yeah. days, weeks. Um, so I, I would love to have you back on this at some point. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I want to plug a few things for you. Let's go. Like pain to pain to power. Yeah. Like when, how do people get their hands on it? So you'll be able to get your hands on it by reaching out to me and I will give you the address to where my office space is because hey. I am, I am about done with riding around Sacramento doing the drop-offs, <laughs> which was a real fun uh, journey. Yeah, I've done that bit before. It's rough. Yeah, it's cool, <laughs> but then it's just time-consuming, right? So um, you can you can catch me anytime at uh, 315 12th Street. I ain't going to say okay. anytime. You could catch me at any time I say I'm there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at 315 12th Street um, at the co-op spot um, to pick up the hard copy of the album. Um any time in between then, uh, really soon, I'm sure, it will actually be up on the distribution sites. Hey. So, I, and I'm going to, I was going to get myself about, I kind of I kind of don't want to say this <laughs> all the way publicly, but I was going to get myself about a few more months and it will be free streaming on YouTube. Okay. Just because that's my gift to everybody. And then album two. Yeah. We'll be out soon. So that means you just got to support this man, though, because if you're waiting for the free stream, there might not be a second album. Tell him again. Tell him again. <laughs> I said, if you wait for the free stream, there might not be a second album. That's the problem with being an artist. A lot of Come times on. people feel like they can get it for free. And then they're like, cool, that's it. I gave you the the listen on Spotify and that's enough. But like, we need a little bit more help than that. Come on, man. <laughs> so, it, investment, uh, invest, invest, invest. If you if there's somebody bringing greatness to your city. Yeah. To where you ever to you blessing you, you got to invest in them to keep the well. Especially with someone who is so supportive of others, who gives so much back to the community. Uh Kun the poet, you are just a whole light. And I know that's said about a lot of people, but I mean it so much. You're an absolute light in this city, in this room, in everywhere you go. I appreciate you, and you're a hell of a human being. And I'm just glad I got to meet you. Shit, (laughs) like we don't get to talk a whole lot, so this is kind of my cheap excuse to be like, "Hey, let's have a conversation." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, um, Keep your eyes and ears open for. um, So, where your heart incorporated will be going will be a little bit louder. The word, the hashtag, where your heart brand is still making moves. Um, I do have merchandise. 
um, for sale as well that will be at the co-op spot. Um, wear your heart masks, wear your heart t-shirts, <laughs> and it will be more different. Uh, so Wealthy Poet is the newest mm. brand under there, under uh, Wear Your Heart, and it's just shifting the mindset. And, and for poets, for artists, with how we value ourselves and yes. our artistry, yeah. wealthy poet, no starving artist, deaf to that wealthy That's poet. Beautiful. And, and the last plug, the last plug before we get off, because we talked about real men talk. Mm-hmm. How do people get into that group? How do people? There's a on the on the so if you go to Soul Collective's uh, page. So if you put S O L Collective in. You should be able to access real men, talk, real men talk, um, or if you just put real men talk soul collective in the search box, you should be able to access. It's a it's a once a month, currently virtual uh, platform. Um, after things phase out a little bit, um, putting prayers up and positive energy towards that, we will be back in person getting that in person connection and that soul collective again um but as of right now um every once a month and typically at the beginning of each month um real men talk uh russell comments so sponsored so produced by the movement and also soul collective mm. in partnership with where your heart what more can you say this has been coon the poet he, yeah, uh, there's so many things I want to say in praise of you. I'm pretty sure I could go on for days. If you don't know the man's work, get in there and get the man's work. Buy the album, buy the t shirt. Check out the videos on YouTube. Check out the videos on YouTube. Like, what more can I say? He is who he is on stage and off. Kun huh. the Poet, thank you so much. Love, love, love. Head up, heart out, continue to push, family. Wear your heart.